there and welcome back. It's Fantasy Sports, Picks and Bets, and The Mix, powered by Mayo Media Net here on YouTube and presented by Jock Market. Download the Daily Fantasy app, use the promo code MMN. They're going to match that first hundred bucks for free. If it's free, it's for me. Yeah, baby, we've been doing the thing we do, as always, throwing our weight around the Jock Market. I actually broke even because I, like I was saying, you know, again, I don't just talk it, I live it out there in the JM streets. I tried shorting for the first time. We'll talk about it at the end. I messed up. I made manual errors and stuff, but there is something there. We'll get to that in a little bit. What's up, yo? It's your host, the big dude with the big mouth from the Big Apple. Big Johnny Stud coming to you worldwide from Brooklyn, New York. As always, we coming out the chair. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe to that audio-only pod. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, but don't press the like button yet because I am going to earn it. Remember, death, taxes, sun rising in the east, setting in the west, and a big dude up for the crack of dawn to bring you this, man, the fastest show in NFL. Absolutely. Anyway, you take that bad boy to the bank and you know it. Hope I don't blow it. I'm a potent. Didn't know it. All right, man. Oh, let's do the thing we do, everybody. It's the three pillars of profit. We're using Run the Sims projections, highest projected players on each side, and then the best values do a little cost analysis with our, you know, so cleverly named penny stocks. All right, enough of that, man. Let's do it. It's the blue chips brought to you by Jock Market. We got Niners. We got Redbirds. It's the Cardinals in the desert and the 49ers on this lovely Week 11 Monday night foosball slate. On the San Francisco side, of course, it's CMC projected right at the top. 19 and a half points, slight drop down to Jimmy Grapes at 17 and a half. Another drop down to Debo right below 14, drop to Ayuk at 12. I'm already having an eyebrow up. Remember, we got to be okay pushing up against projections. We are in the age, you know, of ubiquitous information. Lots of people using sharp projections. So if you're going to just subscribe to them, even if they hit, you're probably going to dupe. So you're going to have to bust somewhere. As much as I like Debo, he seems to have been like the odd man out right now with the, you know, influx of McCaffrey and the, really, the way Ayuk has stepped up again, we'll talk about that, and then wrap it up with George Kittle on the 49ers side, nine points, always that kind of boom or bust tight end, but I think I like the matchup for Kittle today on the Cardinal side, it's Nuke Hopkins at 21.5, love that regardless of Kyler Murray below him at 20, we have not gotten definitive word yet, Murray logged a couple of limited practices, which It's not great, right? If we have a quarterback that we know, not only like running, he doesn't run as much as I feel like he uses his legs to create space, right? We know he's not the tallest guy. I don't want to jam him for that because you could be fine. But he does use his legs to create space, get to the outside to create, you know, visual windows for himself. So any little bit that Murray is hindered is not great. But Hopkins, you know, with Colt McCoy, which by the way is the greatest cowboy name ever, really did exactly what you want from your backup. He threw the ball to his best players and didn't turn the ball over. So Colt McCoy, really greater than signed a lot of other quarterbacks out there. A lot of times you get this like, oh, no, it's it's over, right? I mean, that's how bad it really can be. Teams front-loading the quarterback contracts and all that stuff. The backups sometimes are just not even viable. They're not professional play. It doesn't mean they're professional plays. I know they are, but it's just on the level that this game has to be played. Of course, quarterbacks, which is why we protect them. But for the Cardinals and McCoy... Listen, Cole McCoy is not as good as Kyler Murray, but this is my style. I like conservative play. I don't like turnovers. I like the, his style of play more. Now, of course, I wouldn't be using Cole McCoy, but 
Hopkins is definitely a go. Remember, on a showdown slate and in jock market, we're looking for the top returning player. You need guys that could really pop the top. Hopkins is that kind of game script proof, right? If the Cardinals get ahead, it's probably on his back. If the Cardinals fall behind, we know McCoy has no problem shoving it to him. Same for Murray, right? He's going to be just been a target hog. You know, a lot of people, including myself, have to take the L on that. Yeah, I was worried about the injuries and stuff. I never doubted Hopkins' ability. I also worried if Murray was going to be, you know, durable enough to, for him to stay on the field long enough for Hopkins to get on the field and then have them kind of jam while they're both getting healthy. And look, that looks awesome. So it's Hopkins and Murray both projected above 20. Remember, those are the highest projected players on the slate, both above McCaffrey. Don't know what I have to say about that. Down to Ron Neal, Moore at 16. He's been very good as of late to James Conner. That's another one. Just got to stop really quick. Conner, good, not great. Also, we saw Eno Benjamin pretty much establish himself as the backup again not great but he was the clear backup when Connor went out Benjamin was serviceable both sides of the ball really everything kind of you'd hope for drafting him fantasy and all the that other stuff backup DFS and all the like you know Benjamin gets gets caught and Connor gets like elite work like 100% of his snaps like every everything now as great as it is for fantasy land for right now I don't know how long that lasts I can we know Connor even misses time where I'm getting it is you almost want to back him up in game uh, if you get the guys cheap enough. We'll get to that in the values. But Connor projected for 15 points below more at 16 and above McBride all the way down at the bottom. A couple of whee, couple of teardrops there to get down to McBride. I think he played every snap or ran every route. He definitely ran the third most routes. Behind Hopkins and Murray was McBride. He only earned a single target. Now... That kind of use came off the bench because he didn't know he was going to play. He was behind the injury, right? So I, I, you got to give him some time. We know tight end is a tough position. This guy was a stud last year. I know he had a bad game. People kind of piling on him. I think he's going to be okay. All right, let's take a few minutes to handicap this bad boy from up top. Let's draw up the narrative and then be consistent with it. And now I'm going to include that short. I wanted to bring it up early on. Gosh, so stupid. I meant to short Mac Jones. And again, I'm stuck on this. I mean, I was screaming about the Jets all week. I ended up backing off of the Jets because they're off at stink. I ended up being right on that. I ended up smashing the Patriots under 20.5. Smashed on that. So I wanted to short Mac Jones. I'm stupid. I also wanted to short Derek Carr. That didn't work out because he had that overtime touchdown, which ended up putting me in the negative. Regardless, that's fine. Instead of shorting Mac Jones, I bought, I bought it. Again, remember, it's kind of complex, and this goes for regular trading as well. You have to know your platform. That's why I haven't recommended it yet. We're going to talk about shorting at the end of the value really quick. I have some tips for you, but there is something there. Right, let's handicap this thing really quick. This is season-long stats, 49er offense. It's been up and down. The reason why we got to be careful with year-to-date stats, right, is because of a guy like McCaffrey. You bring in a guy like McCaffrey and things kind of change. So the beginning of the year, there were a lot of vanilla kind of elements to it, even on the passing game. And that's changed. People worried McCaffrey wouldn't get targeted. Well, Jimmy G's smart enough to know you throw McCaffrey the ball. Check it out. San Francisco 49ers offense last four, 25 and a half points a game. That's in the top eight 
400 yards a game. That's in the top five, more than six yards of play. That's also in the top five. 0.12 EPA per play, 321 time of possession per drive, a 50% drive success rate. All of those in the top five over to the passing side, 0.37 EPA per attempt. That's got to be like top six or seven. Sorry, I have these things formatted, but it's in the top. It's dark red. Then the yards per attempt and yards per completion, both at the top of the board at 8.8 and 11.9, respectively. Jimmy G, also one of the best against the zone. Man coverage, not so much, but Arizona runs a ton of that. Arizona defense, just a ton of zone. Like I said, near the top of the board, 76% of the time. This is last four. I like to do defense. Last four, they've been terrible. 29 points a game, 388 yards per game allowed, 5.7 yards per play. San Francisco is going to march up and down the field. The rush EPA is terrible for the Cardinals, minus 3.9 in that span. That's bottom of the board. 2.3 yards before contact per rush on defense, meaning they're giving running backs Bottom five space allowed before contact. That's led to that six touchdowns. Also bottom five in that space on the pass offense, pass defense, sorry. 39 attempts, 27 completions, 267.5 per game, 69% completion rate against the Arizona Cardinal pass defense last four. So they're pretty much getting smoked up and down. It's been really bad. Arizona falling apart. I know we saw that them come alive on defense at the second half. It's been really, really bad. And it starts with the... Inability to stop the rush, right? Then you need an extra person, and when you use that extra man, we've often talked about that. I like to mix in some of the X's and O's here. And right, this is a projection-based show. We're doing DFS. It's also jock markets or stock market theory plus conventional. And then again, we want to do X's and O's because I think that's how you get to where the puck is going and not where the puck has been. I know we have a lot of Canadians out there, you know, um, how we do it. <laughs> Love you guys. Little, I know a hockey reference. You never go wrong up there north of the border. Shout at me, man. Rate, review, and subscribe, please. Get up in the comments. Let Patty know how good of a job we're doing, how hard we are working, right? To stay at the tip of the spear, at the fore of the understanding. And as the trajectory of the league change, we want to be right there, right? Again, we're, if we get a second, we'll talk about this on the betting end. I, I do not know the future. I also don't have a perfect win record. Where I'm good in risk ventures is seeing what I'm getting beating up and going, wait, 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 I don't want to lose anymore. And then I look for things to lose. Without system hop, I have a back test. We'll talk about that at the end. So Arizona running a ton of zone. That's getting them in a lot of trouble because they also lead the league in blitz. You know, you run a ton of blitz. That also would hurt you for the run, right? You think it would help because you're getting men in front, but they actually tend to run behind it, especially with McCaffrey. You can run counters and sweeps and all these really kind of cool things that the 49ers do. They're very creative. In the run game, I know people are worried about Elijah Mitchell. My take on that is, yeah, they're going to kind of split the run, the running work, right? Like the rushing work, we split probably 50-50. When we look at it at the end, I think... It's McCaffrey's ball because they're trying to keep him healthy. So I think you'll see him front-loaded in the beginning of the game. Like, I truly think the 49ers' game plan is get ahead, get ahead fast, rest McCaffrey. Because Elijah Mitchell was awesome. He's not Christian McCaffrey at all. But he is awesome and can do it all, right? He was going to be the starting running back on, right, he was on a team that was making a run to the playoffs. So he's very good. Again, tier separation between Mitchell and McCaffrey. But if you have... Mitchell is the backup plan. That's really, really good. And when you have, again, all these weapons, it's all coming together. And to think like Debo Samuel, one of the most talented players in the league, and I know I knocked him before. It's not, you got to try never to knock the man. It's not the, it's not the point here, right? It's about situational processes, I guess, and things like that, methodology, and how these things kind of play off each other. I'm just afraid with the way we've seen Ayuk step up and the connection he has with 
Jimmy G. Ayuk is also very good against the zone, which we're going to see today. But Ayuk being very good against the zone, Ayuk and Kittle have become the zone targets. And of course, now McCaffrey always has the bulls down. And I think that number is like 38% running back targets for Garoppolo with McCaffrey because uh, duh, 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 he's awesome. So 49er side, it's McCaffrey and Garoppolo. There is a pop for Ayuk. I think Kittle is going to get work because the Cardinals are the worst in the league defending the tight end. They've also been really bad. Bottom three, last four games in running back reception stats. It was like receiving and receiving yards a lot. So give me McCaffrey. I think it's also Kittle. And then Ayuk is going to have a chance to pop off as well against, I think he'll be the volume guy inside the zone. On the other side, Arizona, it's, it's man, it's Hopkins and more. The way these usage stats are looking it's almost got like a all right it's not as extreme as Miami that's like the hyper usage to two guys but like man I use conditional stuff because I think percentages percentiles are where it's at I mean Hopkins 97% of route per drop back this last four games round them more at 95 right they I mean 163 and 159 routes respectively the next one is Zach Ertzia well guess what he's gone at 128 after that Eno Benjamin 72 well guess what he's gone Robbie Anderson well guess what he's gone I mean it's pretty ridiculous so it's Hopkins and Moore you just push him right to the front 11 and a half targets per game for Hopkins. Nine receptions, 99. These are averages, 104 air yards per game. Randall Moore, the air yards down a bit more, but because of the yak stuff, it's 71 and a half receiving yards per game. 8.3 targets, 6.3 receptions. I mean, Hopkins lighting up. DeAndre Hopkins in that time frame, 33% of the team targets, 46% of the team air yards. Holy cow. Hachi, Machi, Liberace, Randall Moore splitting snaps wide and slot. So the 49er defense is awesome. Got to be careful splitting that defense as well. Everybody is pretty much healthy. I think they have one player out where they have like five or six impact players out. Bosa in particular is back on the offensive side. Williams is back. I mean, the 49ers are healthy, but it hasn't stopped McCoy from shoving the ball to Hopkins and Murray. I think that's all you're going to get. 49er run defense is phenomenal. James Conner is not very fast. I don't think he's going to be good at all. Last four games, San Francisco 49ers. 73 rush yards a game. That's top three. 3.8 yards per rush. 1.7 yards before contact per rush. All those in the top. That contact metric is probably closer to halfway point. So, boom, that will do it. That's your blue chip section brought to you by Jock Market. Please rate, review, and subscribe. And I think that earned the like button, right? I don't, you know what? Who wants to ask for a like if I didn't earn it? I think that just earned it, man. Breaking out the one man band. It's everything. X's and O's, projections, you know, all that stuff. Hopefully, even a laugh or two with your boy. Boom. The ball is past midfield. Let's get it up in the red zone but man that just took a lot out of me give me a second to catch my breath all right let's get that second pillar of profit it's your penny stocks brought to you by jock market level the lovely ladies and gentlemen over there that app is awesome because even when you lose it's not say you don't lose but you you play around the even people i'm telling you as we get people over to jock market the feedback has been phenomenal people love to play. I know it can be a bit intimidating, but that's what I'm trying to be here for, right? I like to think this is the preeminent jock market show. I like to think I'm almost like the ambassador for that game, right? I really want to help you, and I really understand the overlap between the trading part of this, even if you're not trading, how to find the values, how to play by percentages, build a portfolio based on your process. So let's get into it. It's two QBs, three running backs, five wideouts, and a tight end with a partridge in a pear tree to pull up the caboose. Jimmy G, Jimmy Grapes, and Kyler Murray, of course, the only two QBs in the game. Let's do our favorite lesson, everybody. And it's what? Value is a rate stat, okay? So not just because something is cheap doesn't mean 
it's a value, and we kind of get that here. Jimmy G projected 17.5, salary 9.6, leaves you right at 549. Kyler Murray projected for 20 points, right? That 3 over 17 matters. It's a big jump by percentile, but the 11-2 salary leaves you at 554. The cost per point is the same. You go with Jimmy G, well, especially because I'm worried about Kyler being hurt, but he's also slightly lower-owned. He also has the lower IPO. If you're wondering what I'm talking about, we make these lovely graphics. The audio-only listeners, please jump on over to the Bird app. Follow me at John Legaza or the Mayo Media Network handle. Puts them out as well. I take some time to put these things together. I think they make for a really good reference point. No one else is combining DFS with jock market. I think it's important to understand the volume of daily play is unconventional. Those are a lot of the same people. And a lot of those theorem and projections are going to pull, right, jock market ownership, pull jock market IPOs. So it'll be finding our disagreements with the general market RE projections to look for the holes in jock market. So Jimmy G, anytime you get a QB at $12.50, of course, $25 per share. Anytime you get that two-to-one possible return, I think you can go get it. I've had to open up the throttle. I've had to get the throttle a little bit. I have to open up the engine a little bit, I should say. I've always tried to be too cheap. Showdowns, you got to pay up. But it's only a handful of guys that finish at the top. So I think that's okay. I like to draw it up at $12.50. Hold on, I have the scoring right here. So in the showdown, I say 12.50 because then you profit slightly at fourth. Any third p- third player or above, right? So that's a pretty good shot. If you have a QB on the team um, favored by more than a touchdown, especially because there's dump-offs going on now, like the big play could be McCaffrey, but it could be a, a catch. And you know, we actually saw that with Nick Chubb. That's also been part of the X's and O's here, right? We couldn't go through a show without mentioning the dreaded too high shell. They were seeing this prevent defense around the league. And now the subsequent, the pendulum swing. And it's, it's the answer for everything, right? I don't want to, I don't want to, as I'm making fun of it, people like worrying so much about it. It's because, yeah, like it's the major issue. But if we're not going to we'll do what I said before and pivot and try and get ourselves in a stronger probabilistic scenario to succeed, then like, what was the point of even identifying it in the first place? What's going on? Got to be careful with overs right now. Overs are in the toilet. Big player props. A lot of them are in the toilet because scoring and production are down because one of the ways to beat that two I shows to work around the line of scrimmage, whether it's running the ball or or using the shotgun to the slot, you know, low A dot targets. The problem is that middle of the field, no matter what, has the clock running. And we're seeing that all these long drives, sustained drives, time of possession per drive, drive sustaining is actually up, but the scoring is down because you have to be successful so many times in order to get yourself into a score, right? So there's a bit of the X's and O's, more of the theorem behind the theorem as we continue. I have to hurry the heck up. So Jimmy G. Murray, I guess we broke down a lot of this game. Gimme Jimmy G, running backs, Connor, McCaffrey, and Elijah Mitchell. I don't know if we get the, like, I think you need the blow for Mitchell. And the problem is, I know I mentioned before, he's going to get split and get a lot of mop-up, and we are the favorite. However, when you zoom on over to the IPO, double-digit IPO for a backup running back not going there, right? You want to get your hands on some backup, love, but not there. No, thank you. I'm, I'm not going to do that. McCaffrey at 1580 would be one of the players that you're willing to break for. The problem is because of the spread, you have to understand the chance that he sits and you see the floor, right, the floor game where he only scores two touchdowns. And, you know, but the, the thing is, he could get script. McCaffrey could get, quote unquote, a lot of air quotes here, scripted out, meaning, you know, 77 total yards with a touchdown, which is not bad. But for him, it's a floor game. And for 1581 IPO, is not going to pay the bill. So I don't think there is 
I don't think there is a value here. I think the value here would be to see what the uh, backups, what it like um, Keontae Ingram is going for. I think that would be my value. He's not here. means he's projected for either, either value is not there or he's projected for less than three points. I don't care either way. As long as the IPO on Keontae is low, I'd like to go with him. Again, Connor is just, I don't think he has what it takes. The The matchup is very poor. They're going to get dominated at the line. And they're in a lot of trouble. The Cardinals are in a lot, the Cardinals are in a lot of trouble. Although, thing I mentioned with the shotgun, they kept that up with Colt McCoy didn't know if that was going to be the case. Kyler Murray, again, needs a shotgun to help that vision. Again, right? A lot of the stuff that I like to bat, all these things are symbiotic, and they all work together. You have to understand the machinations of the game on the field in order to properly apply, I think, the, where the, again, where the puck is going, opposed to where it's going to be. So I'm pretty much out on all running backs except outside of Keontae as far as value goes. On the wideouts, Hopkins, you shove him no matter what. Hopkins, you shove in. If his IPO ends up at 11.55, you can get with him. He can get 20 targets. So, And he's the red zone guy. And he doesn't need separation. And he's the zone target. Like, it's just all across the box. San Francisco runs a ton of zone. The defense is very good. But they, all, they, play, a t- they play a ton of zone. They can get away with it because they win at the point of attack. The Arizona offensive line is not that good. So... San Francisco may not get a ton of pressure, but they create a lot of havoc. They're very good with all the um, splash plays early on in the season, at least. So Hopkins, for sure, and more because of that, you know, lollipop usage, right? All concentrated at the very top with the thin stick at the bottom. To Debo, that's a short for me. I love that. That'll probably be my first short. Let's do this one really quick. Okay. If you're going to short in jock market, this is probably not, uh, you know, this is probably not for the promo players. And I just want to be um, honest and transparent. You know, I I never mislead, right? So I'm not going to shill something that's going to get you burned. Not going to happen. We're going to lose enough as it is trying our hardest. You know, everybody gets that. So if you're going to short, okay, here's the idea of just briefly, right? Because some people don't even understand how it works. So think about shorting as, you're, it's it's like a phantom buy. You're like borrowing the stock at a set price, okay? And then looking to keep the difference if it goes down. So let's use $10, right? Nice round number. So when you buy at $10 and it goes up to 11 you made 10%, you made $1, you're happy. When you short and something is $10, so let's say you short something at $10, Right, you want it to go down, so you're looking for reverse action. Let's say it goes down to nine. You're up now, ten percent, because it's ten percent lower than where you bought it from, and then you get it back. Right, then you offer it back and get the difference. Okay, so that's just shorting one hundred one hundred one hundred one hundred one, like oversimplified, but that's the idea of it. Right, you're looking for an inverse action to get paid on a downside move. The thing with jock market is you have to short them at the top price. So meaning you have to cover $25 for every share you're going to short because in theory, that's the max. Now, if you were to short five players, they all can't finish at 25. So shorting is a rich man's game in jock market because you really have to front cash. I shorted Debra Carr yesterday. I was ahead. 
I didn't think he was going to do great against the Broncos. They ended up doing a lot better than I thought. Broncos defense, you know, always a good defensive bet. My, I should now I know where I'm going to go because I was very high. We had Washington to cover, but I was very high on that defense as well. If you shorted across the board in Houston, you did awesome. We were high on the Patriots defense. If you would have shorted the Jets, you did awesome. Said I was on a Wilson over. See, that's that's oh, that's that's it's over for me. It's over. I mean, you got to be shorting market. You'll be playing unders. You'll be locating these situations because now the environment is conducive to sluggishness, right? And so let's not be stubborn. Remember, you can either make money or you could be right. That's your last lesson. Boom. So what else? Right, Hopkins. <laughs> I guess I got right back into it. I'm looking at the time. I know we got to go. Look. So Debo is my short. So I didn't get to Ayuk is a go. Jennings is a thank you, but no thank you. But I think you could play him in DFS because it's so cheap and he has a projection. So any player with a projection could fall into the end zone, given the ownership is so very low. Jennings could be a way to get exposure to the better offense without the popularity of those players with a guy who's skilled and also getting looks. I know I mentioned... Um, the Arizona side, but on the San Francisco side, Jennings has just gotten some, he's just gotten some love. Four is the last month, four targets a game, three receptions for 32 yards, 28 air yards per game, 11 yards per perception, per reception. You know, so that's something, right? So one and a half yards per route run, something there, right? It's not great, but it's something. He's also pretty good against his own 111 EPA against his own. Um, that's right behind their other big zone guys, Kittle and Ayuk. So uh, we like Ayuk, we like Hopkins, we like more, and then Trey McBride. It's a it's a cost thing. If the IPO is at three eighteen, then I guess you can get with him. You can't really expect too much. I think the ownership at thirty six percent almost spoils him. But if he's going to get looks, if I were getting really really cheap, like I'd rather have Jennings, I'd rather have Keontae Ingram than Trey McBride. I think he's a little bit too popular. All right, that will do the penny stock part of it. If you learn something again about shorting now that's you know something people pay for again you know i share share your love right back with me press your that cartoon finger down below hit the like button rate review and subscribe because that stuff matters way more than it should we'd hate to lose this show right because we didn't press cartoon fingers right how silly does that sound all right so the ball's inside the 10 let's punch it in because i have a special very special dance and a player prop but first just give me one sec to catch my breath Okay, it's a player prop time. Brought to you by Jock Market Week 11 Monday Night Football Prop. George Kittle, over 41 and a half receiving yards, is my favorite prop of this game. I have not hit it yet. The projections are right on the nose. I think they're a bit shy because of the amount of zone that Arizona plays. And when you isolate usage to zone, for the Niners, Kittle really begins to stand out. It, it's it's really Kittle and really Ayuk when the Niners face his own D. And just on the air, uh, sorry, last four games, receiving stuff, defense, receiving stuff, running backs. I really like to get into a split, more recent split. To cover for these injuries and the usage in particular, you know, San Francisco, like you need to be looking at it before CMC and after CMC, maybe even slicing off the first one, week seven, because it was a little like here and there. And that really matters. So people using, right, another good lesson for us, feathers just sticking all over the cap today. Season-long stats are absolutely going to get you smoked. And it's this is why I generally do better handicapping throughout an NFL year 
because you need the extra access. You need to put in the extra work. You absolutely have to tell you absolutely have to season stats are going to get you in trouble, right? The San Francisco offense is not great. When you look on the season and last four, they're rolling. Hmm, Andy McCaffrey is a good thing, but it just, it blows all the usage stuff. You know, the running back targets, the way the slot targets, the way they're operating against man V zone and how they're, you know, just how they're working as a team overall. So give me George Kittle because I'm going to see a ton, a ton of zone. Kittle last month, 86%. Route per dropback is on the field all the time, nearly six targets a game. It has not been efficient the last month, but those 3.3 receptions have gone for 53 receiving yards per game, 48 air yards. So the air yards and the receiving yards per game, both well over the total, 16 yards per reception, 1.66 yards per route run, 16% of the team target share, 20% of the team air yards. And again, I mentioned it before, he is the team leader in EPA against the zone. Love Kittle. And he's just gone, he's just gone over this a bunch of times too. You hate to just be like box score doing it. But if you go back to week five, he went over in week five, 47 against Carolina. He went way over 83 against Atlanta. He went way over 98 against Kansas City. Just missed 39 against the LA Rams and then mixed against the Chargers 21. So if like that's the worry, right? Isn't that the anomaly, right? Isn't that the one let's buy the dip on George Kittle off that one for 21. Again, I'm here like saying like, oh, get away from overs, but bet this over. I can, I haven't locked it in yet, but I think this one is nice, nice, like a lemon ice. I really like the low bars. Right? I think that's fair. I think shooting for these really high totals, especially in the same game, and you know, people are in love with these single game parlays. That's kind of what I mean, right? Like really, really, really prolific. You're not getting. Also, a good way to get around these trick, not say trick defense, but the prevent, because now what we're also seeing is like prevent plus, right? So prevent plus extra attention on top receiver. So you're going to try and stymie the entire offense with the shell, but then also make sure you're looking at kind of the number one. That's led to, you know, weird use for weird players, and now that's always been a thing, but I think we're seeing a bit more of that. You're busy covering guys, and when you're using shells, you're dedicating to run off the bat. If you're looking to double someone else, now using another guy right off the bat, that's going to leave somebody open, normally the least, you know, talented, right, or least notable player on offense, those guys kind of squirt. Kittle does a lot of block and release, and you have to pay attention to him because he's such a good blocker, right? So you see he's excellent. That's why he's constantly on the field. I'm not too worried about the usage because of the zone use, and I think the yards per reception puts us way over with the target. So I, I think I think the six targets, 15 yards per reception, I think you know we need three of those. Again, we're going to need three catches to get us over this one. So give me Kittle over 41 and a half. And that will do it for the fastest show in NFL. Absolutely anywhere. One man, one show, showing it down, baby. Thank you for picking up what we're putting down. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the Audio Only Pod. We appreciate you so very much, you know, spending your precious time with us. Why I work so hard to, you know, try and give it back, right? You're going to spend your time with me. I want to make sure that I'm making it worthwhile, right? It's not just simple stat reading that we're really trying to create a tapestry, micro and macro analytics plus subjective, conventional DFS betting all at the same time, man. Oh, when you put it when you put it like that, man, press the like button. Thanks so much, man. Enjoy the game. Enjoy your day. And when we're done with the book, enjoy that pay. Everybody remember, when you work this hard, it feels a lot less like luck, man.
Peace.